This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash baldhead bible, and there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. The young prophet was running and running and running. He had to get to Ramoth, Gilead. That was his job. The young son of the prophet. He had to run because Elisha had told him he had to get there. And as he gets there, he sees the camp of the army ahead of him and he sees them all spread out. And so he runs up to the first army guy and he says, hey, 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 where is Jehu, the commander of the army? And The soldier says, well, I think he's over there. I don't know. You better find him. So he then talks to another soldier. Hey, hey, where is Jehu, the commander? And he goes, well, I think he's over there in that tent. So finally, he gets up and there he is. The man of the hour is Jehu, the man Elisha sent him to talk to. So the young man, one of the sons of the prophets, goes up to Jehu, who's sitting down with his friends and and. The son of the prophet comes up to him and says, Hey, can I speak to you, please, Jehu? And Jehu says, Speak away. And and he says, Well, can I speak to you privately? Well, Jehu looks at him a little oddly, and he says, All right, you can come and speak to me. And so the Bible says there in 2 Kings 9, that they went into an inner room, probably another tent off to the side. And, he, and Jehu says, So what's up? And then the son of the prophet pulls out a flask of oil, pops off the top, and then pours it over Jehu's head. And as he pours it over, he says this in 2 Kings 9, verse 6, I anoint you king over the Lord's people Israel. You are to strike down the house of your master Ahab so that I may avenge the blood shed by the hand of Jezebel, the blood of my servants, the prophets, and all the servants of the Lord. The whole house of Ahab will perish, and I will wipe out all of Ahab's males, both slave and free in Israel. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, son of Ahijah. The dogs will eat Jezebel in the plot of land at Jezreel. No one will bury her. And then he pops the cap back on his oil, 
he turns around and the son of the prophet is gone. And there stands Jehu dripping with oil on his head, probably the oil running down into his beard. And he says, what just happened? I'm, I am now king of northern Israel? Now, how did this happen? How did we get here? Remember, the last time in 2 Kings chapter 8, we left, Jehoram was king. And remember, it says of Jehoram, king of Judah, that Jehoram was one of the worst kings that ever lived. And when he died, no one was sad. He lived and he reigned for eight years. And when he died, everyone was pretty much happy. Well, when he died, his son Ahaziah then becomes king. And Ahaziah was the youngest of Jehoram's kids. All the others had been taken away. Do you remember during Jehoram's reign, they were invaded by the Philistines and they captured a lot of the men and women and took them away? Well, it seems like they either killed or took most of Jehoram's children away. And the only one left to reign was Ahaziah. And he became king when he was 22 years old. Well, when he became king, he decided he got to have some help. He's got to have some wisdom. He's got to have some advice. So he turns to his mom, the queen, Queen Athaliah. But the problem was Queen Athaliah, she wasn't a good person. It says in 2 Kings 9, later on in 2 Chronicles 22, that Queen Athaliah gave him bad advice. And Ahaziah ended up doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. And how did he do evil? Queen Athaliah was the daughter of King Ahab. And she is of the whole Ahab house. And Ahab and Jezebel, her mother, taught Athaliah how to worship Baal, how to worship Asherah. And so Athaliah taught Ahaziah that same thing. Don't worship Yahweh. Don't obey him. Don't follow him. No, what you've got to do is you've got to pursue Baal. That's what you're supposed to do. And it says in the Bible that Athaliah encouraged Ahaziah in her wickedness. And in the evil of the house of Ahab. And so that's what Ahaziah did. And I wonder if Elisha the prophet is thinking, what are these people thinking? You just had Jehoshaphat. You just had Asa, who all did right, but Jehoram starts doing evil. His son Ahaziah starts doing evil, all because of the influence of that evil Ahab family man. And God says, I'm going to judge them. Well, Ahaziah, based on advice from his mom, Athaliah, goes to join the king of northern Israel at this time, whose name was Joram. Well, he goes to join Joram in battle, and this gets a little confusing, in battle against the king of Syria named King Haziel. Now, if you remember, King Haziel was a basically a servant who usurped the throne from Ben-Hadad II, 
And so now King Haziel has put himself in charge. Well, Haziel has come down to attack northern Israel. And northern Israel says, hey, southern Israel, come help us. And so Ahaziah comes to help King Joram as they go fight King Haziel. Well, things don't go well. King Haziel, it says, inflicts wounds upon both of them, but in particular, King Jehoram. But in particular, King Joram, who goes back home with licking his wounds. He's in a lot of pain and suffering. And Ahaziah, he heads back to Jerusalem, but he they leave their men at this place called Ramoth-Gilead to keep fighting this king of Syria, right? To keep fighting the battle. But but Joram got injured. Ahaziah left as well. Well, Joram goes home to heal, to get over his wounds. And Ahaziah, he leaves Jerusalem to go visit King Joram, to see how he's doing, to make sure he's okay. And as he leaves, Elisha finally sees his chance to fulfill a judgment given by Yahweh years before. Because I don't know if you remember it, but earlier when Elijah was the prophet, he ran and ran and ran and got all depressed and says he's the only one left. And, And then God put him in a cave and then moved in front of him and he saw the power of God, but he only heard God in that whisper. Do you remember that? Well, at the end of that story, God says, listen, I want you to now go anoint Elisha as the new prophet. And I want you to anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, the new king of northern Israel. It seems that Elijah was able to anoint Elisha to be the new prophet, but before he was taken up into heaven, he didn't have a chance to anoint Jehu, the new king of northern Israel. And that fell upon Elisha. And I think finally, Elisha saw his chance. Ahaziah, 22 years old, a young man, a weak king. Jehoram, again, a a bad king of northern Israel. And they're together far away from Elisha. And so Elisha turns to the son of the prophet. And he says, I want you to go anoint Jehu. Tell him he is now king over northern Israel. And this son of the prophet, he not only anoints the king, he not only anoints Jehu as the new king, he says, your job now is to wipe all the males of the house of Ahab out. I want you to kill all the males of the house of Ahab. That is God's judgment upon Ahab and Jezebel for the evil that they did year after year after year. Well, when Jehu comes out and he's dripping with oil and his friends see him and they ask him, hey, what's wrong? And, and it says there in 2 Kings 9 that he, Jehu immediately responds, oh, it was okay. You know, uh, you know how those prophets are. They're a little odd. It's, it's fine. And, but his friends are like, no, 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 no. There's something different here. And finally, Jehu says, I was just anointed king over Israel. 
king over northern Israel. And his men, it says they blew a ram's horn. They threw down their robes. They announced Jehu is now the king. And he started to grab troops and to get chariots and to get an army behind him. And Jehu knew if he was going to be king, he had to wipe out the house of Ahab. And where was the house of Ahab? In a town called Jezreel. That's where Joram went to lick his wounds and to heal and to get better. And that's where, probably Jehu knows by now, that's where Ahaziah is as well. And he's all part of the house of Ahab too, through his mother. And Jehu's thinking, now is the time. And so Jehu takes his army from Ramoth-Gilead, which is east of the Jordan River, and he starts to head towards Jezreel. And they march, and at the head of this big army is Jehu in a chariot. And as they start riding towards Jezreel, Joram notices that there's this army coming their way, and... It's our army, and I wonder if he found Ahaziah. And he was probably thinking, yes, they're coming. They defeated Haziel. Yes, I I bet. I bet they're coming in peace to tell us, yay, we won. I bet that's it. So he sends a messenger out, and the messenger rides out there, and he sees it's Jehu, and he gets to the head of the line, and he says, hey, Jehu, do you come in peace? And essentially, Jehu says, what's that to you? I'll tell you later. It's not for you to know. You get behind me. So the messenger joins the band as they ride towards Jezreel. And they start riding towards Jezreel. And the man on the wall turns to Joram and says, Well, the messenger just joined him. He didn't come back. So Joram sends out a second messenger. And the second messenger goes out there. And he meets Jehu. And he says, Hey, are you coming in peace? Did we win? Is everything good? And Jehu says again, What's that to you? And so the second messenger joins the line and The guy in the wall who's watching this all reports to Joram, well, we sent out a second messenger, but they didn't come back either. But you know what? The closer I look, I'm telling you, that's Jehu. And the way he rides his chariot like a madman. That's what they said of Jehu. He rides his chariot like a madman. I don't know if that means he rides it aggressively or he whips the horses a lot or if he just looks insane, but he has this riding style that, oh, that's Jehu riding it. And so when Joram heard it's Jehu at the front, Joram turns to Ahaziah and says, let's go out there and find out what's happening. This is going to be great. And so he goes out there and he rides out there and he finds Jehu and he says to Jehu, hey, do you come in peace? Joram is expecting a great answer. Do you come in peace, Jehu? And he's there first in his chariot, and Ahaziah is coming up behind him. And Jehu says, What peace can there be as long as there is so much prostitution and sorcery from your mother Jezebel? And Joram's jaw probably drops. 
And he's thinking, that is not the answer I expected at all. What? And he turns around to Ahaziah and he says, Hey, it's treachery, Ahaziah. It's treachery. Run away. Get out of here. And Joram turns his chariot and he starts to flee back to Jezreel. And Jehu grabs his bow, pulls it back, and lets fly with an arrow. And the arrow hits Joram in the back, right between the shoulder blades. The Bible even says the arrow went through his heart. And Joram falls down, slumps dead in the chariot. And Ahaziah is like, what? And he turns tail and he runs and he gets out of there. Well, Jehu and his men search for him. And eventually they find Ahaziah. And the Bible says that they shot Ahaziah to death and says of Ahaziah that he reigned one year. But they said of Ahaziah, you know, since he's a descendant of Jehoshaphat, the good king, and Asa, a good king, let's give him a good burial. And so Jehu and his men, they bury Ahaziah in his ancestors' tombs in Jerusalem. Well, that was about a week later. Remember, he just shot Joram in the back. Ahaziah takes off running. Well, before they chase Ahaziah, Jehu has something right here in Jezreel to deal with. First of all, he turns to his sidekick, sergeant-at-arms, and his name is Bidkar, B-I-D-K-A-R. He says, Bidkar, I want you to pick up Joram, and I want you to take him to the plot of ground belonging to Naboth, the Jezreelite. And I want you to just dump his body there. You know why I want you to do that? Because that's going to fulfill a prophecy. Remember, Ahab stole Naboth's vineyard. And God said, I'm going to judge you. Well, Ahab repented. And then God said, all right, I won't judge you, Ahab, but I'm going to judge one of your sons. Well, here they took one of Ahab's sons, Joram, and they threw him on the plot of ground that Ahab had killed Naboth and his sons for and God says, you are judged, just like I said I was going to do, prophecy fulfilled. Well, while Bidkar goes and does that, Jehu keeps writing for Jezreel. And as he gets nearer and nearer to Jezreel, he sees a tower. And at the top of the tower, he sees a woman. And that woman, whoa, you know, the city gates open and he goes in and he looks up and, and he sees this woman. She's got beautiful makeup on and her hair is all done up great. And he looks up and he sees, ha, that woman is Jezebel. Jezebel. 
Jezebel to the end was arrogant and defiant because when she found out that Jehu had an uprising, Jehu had caused a coup, she put on lipstick, she put on eyeliner, she did her hair, she tried to look as powerful as possible. Maybe she even tried to look as pretty as possible. Maybe she's thinking, I could get Jehu to be my new husband. She's old by this point, but she thinks she's cool, and then she runs to the top of the tower, and when she sees Jehu come through the gates, victoriously having killed the king of northern Israel, her son, she yells down, Hey, do you come in peace, Zimri, killer of your master? Now, for her to say that, that was pretty cocky. Why? Well, Zimri, if you remember, was a king of northern Israel who ruled for like a week. And he only ruled for a week because Zimri had killed the king before him. But Zimri was just like Jehu. He wasn't in the royal line. Zimri was just this commander who decided to have a coup. Well, he had a coup, killed this king, thought he was going to be king, but he only reigned for a week when Omri who started the whole Amorite dynasty that led to Ahab and Jezebel being king and queen. Basically, she's saying, you are some weak usurper who's gonna be killed. And she's all dolled up, ready to go to some party celebrating his downfall. And she yells out, do you come in peace, Zimri, killer of your master, arrogant, cocky? And Jehu looks up at the tower, and he yells out, Who is on my side? Who? First one head pops out, then another head pops out, and then another head pops out. Three men who worked for Jezebel. And I bet she bossed them around like crazy. The Bible says these men just worked for Jezebel and whatever she wanted. If she wanted food at 2 a.m., they got it. If she wanted her makeup done in a certain way, they did it. If she wanted to be dressed in a certain way, they did it. And I bet she was high maintenance. And I bet if you didn't please her, you were probably off with your head. I bet that's what happened. Well, when these three men poked their heads out, and he yells out, who is on my side? Who? And Jezebel's thinking, I'm fine up here in a tower. I've got my men who work for me. There is no way I am fine. And then she feels the first hand on her hair. And then she feels another hand on her shoulder. And then she feels a third hand grab her arm. And they pull her back all the way to the back wall away from the balcony, and then they start hurtling her towards the front of the balcony and the window, and she's screaming, no, 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 and they throw her out the window, and who, who, it's a tall tower, who, splat. And it says her blood splatters everything, the wall and the horses. 
And then it says in 2 Kings chapter 9 that Jehu takes his chariot I bet he backed it up. He takes his chariot and rides over her. Prophecy fulfilled. Jezebel killed, just like God said in Jezreel. And Jehu, after riding his chariot over her, has a party and he's sitting down eating and he wipes off the blood splattered everywhere and he's drinking and eating a good old turkey sandwich and having a great time. And then maybe an hour in, hour and a half, he's like, you know what? She was a queen. She was part of a dynasty. We should probably give her an official royal burial. And maybe those three servants had joined the party by this time. And he's like, hey, you go back out and bury her. Will you do that? And so when they go out to bury her, it says that all that's left are her skull, her feet, and her hands. What what happened? Well, it seems like all the area dogs, when they saw this nice meal on the ground, they came up and, well, Jehu was out partying. They were partying themselves. And they just had a nice feast on the flesh of Jezebel. And after they were done, it says the men of Jehu's party came out to bury her and all that was left were her hands, her feet, and her skull. And Elijah's prophecy was this, in the plot of land at Jezreel, the dogs will eat Jezebel's flesh. Elijah prophesied that years before, and it came true. And Elijah goes on to say in this prophecy, Jezebel's corpse will be like manure on the surface of the ground in the plot of land at Jezreel, so that no one will be able to say, this is Jezebel. And it's true, they came to bury her and she was so eaten up by the dogs, just like Elijah said would happen, that they're going to find, is this Jezebel? Is this toe Jezebel? Is this finger Jezebel? Is this part over here Jezebel? They can't say, this is Jezebel. She was that devoured. She was that wiped out. This arrogant, pompous queen who thought she served the true God when in fact she led her people into fights. And she murdered hundreds and hundreds of people. God says, I am going to wipe you out. And to be eaten by dogs was the worst way to die. Back in those days, that'd be a terrible way to die, to not have a proper funeral and then eaten by the lowest of animals back then. Dogs were considered scum of the earth. And God says, I am going to judge you completely, Ahab and Jezebel. And so Jehu is now king over northern Israel. Will he hang on to his throne? Who's king over southern Israel? It was Ahaziah, but who's king now? Well, you got to come back next time to find out answers to both those questions. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. 
If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week. Thank you.